Hey, coming up on your favorite podcast, we're back again. A little pod Paris, but this time it's my buddy Ty coming in. We're going to talk a little bit about his uh, long trip to Florida, get into some talking head stuff. Too many people talking in the media right now. I just have had enough. I can't do it anymore. Talk a little golf with him as well. Um, Players Championship is this week. PGA put up a new schedule. It's snowing this week again. So are we ever going to get out and play golf? We don't know. Uh, Lots of good stuff to get to tonight with my guy, Ty. Can't wait to do it. It's all coming up next on the pod. Ah, yes. Every time I hear Brutus the Barber Beefcake, I want to watch WrestleMania 4, 5, 6. Those are when the barber was at his uh, peak. Welcome to the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. That is my guy, Ty, pouring himself a cold one on the other side from his palatial manor back after a long, extensive family vacation. Tyus, first of all, what's in the glass tonight? You know, I'd love to disclose that, but no free ads, and I'm embarrassed to say it's nothing special. But <laughs> it does have a, a hint of lime flavor, and it, there's golf in Florida this week, so we'll say, yeah, say it's for Florida. There you go. I like it. There you go. You just came back. You were gone uh, a couple of weeks. We wanted to get you on the pod a little bit over the break, and you said, yeah, maybe I'll be in to phone in, but I was like, I don't know. Based on a couple of our text message exchange. Sounded like you were plenty busy trying to keep the kids occupied and keep everything on track. How was Florida? Talk about it. Uh, Florida was, um, all right, we need to make sure we're talking about the correct scale here. So it was as good as a vacation as it could be considering two things. First, we had three kids, youngest being one years old. Always a variable. Seven. Yep. Yep. Always a variable. Second, we drove. So it was as good as it could be considering those factors. You drove the whole way. You didn't fly at all. No, we did not fly. We drove both ways. What made you want to drive? So Spirit uh, Airlines was kind enough to cancel our flight at uh, a late moment. I'll never fly with those guys. Yeah, I uh, would not recommend it. Uh, Apparently, they don't want me to fly with them either. So they're, they're, they, they are such dipshits at Spirit Airlines. Yeah. You can sue me too if you want. You guys suck. You're the worst. <laughs> so they uh, were nice enough to cancel uh, both both flights. So uh, that was kind of them. At least they were nice enough to cancel the other one too. Yeah, they're different times. So I don't know how they're really all that connected. But uh, yeah, they canceled both at once. Uh, so our options were red eyes, late at night. Again, considering we had three kids um, or spending a thousand bucks, you know, a piece times five, we decided just to uh, just to do the drive, which saved me six hundred bucks on a rental car. So, so you took your own car, or did you just? Yeah, we took our own vehicle. We wow, have a vehicle that has a lot of miles on it. So, what's another? I ended up putting. I took a picture of it. A lot of miles. But that's kind of scary when you got a car with that many miles on the long cross country trip. Yeah, I got roadside assistance, whatever. Good call. So, you okay, we're pulling up the miles right now. This is good. And <laughs> if you know anything about my guy, Ty, he is a walking billboard in his vehicle. So I have to assume that that was part of it the entire way down. Uh, we did not take that vehicle. Oh, but uh, That vehicle? I was thinking no. this was 
cross-country promotional stuff you're doing. Well, that's the only vehicle we have that's worth anything. So didn't want to put the miles on that one. So we put 3,438.4 miles. So 3438. Total miles, uh, total uh, total hours spent in the car. I mean, getting there, getting back. Almost 60. Wow. How did you you, uh, divvy it up? Um, so we took three days to get down there, three days to get back. So we stopped in Iowa, um, Decatur, Alabama, which was interesting. Um, then we actually went to Destin, Florida on the panhandle, which was cooler. Some great golf over there. Cooler, but, uh, white sand beaches. It was, it was, that was fun. And then we went down to the Tampa area for five and then took three days coming back. So with traffic, Atlanta is a terrible place. Never go to Atlanta. Um, you will hit traffic no matter what time of day it is. I promise you. People told me, don't go through Atlanta. Just go around it. Save the two, you know, take the two extra hours and go around it. I wouldn't listen. You know, and I, I wouldn't have listened I'd- either. I'm like, you know, I'm doing the big city thing. We're doing a straight line. Closest distance between two points, a straight yep. line. Come on. Doesn't work. And then an overturn semi shortly after that was, was kind of the death of our trip. So, yeah, about now – the way down there was longer than it should have been because it added about four hours to go to Destin. It was it was closer, but it added four hours to our total trip. I'm so. starting to get this vibe. I don't know if you agree with me now that you've taken this big trip, that the road trip is is more fun, actually. Like there is something about the trip itself that is part of this, right? Seeing things, uh, putting in that road time together, um, is there something to that? Cause I mean, I feel like when me and Carrie take road trips, it's always, I feel like I enjoy those as much, if not more. Is that the case? Absolutely. I, I will certainly say, especially on the way down there, um, you know, there's, there's that excitement and I'm not someone who likes to fly. So if it were flying day, I would pretty much be dreading that for about two days prior and all of the day of, and you'd and be getting take drunk. Me a, <laughs> no, because I don't like to use the restroom uh, on flights. So I do not drink anything for like two days. Um, but, That's, but, no wonder you take it out on the golf course. You're like peeing every three holes. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's true. I swear That's nobody true. uses a bathroom more on the golf course than you do. Like they they invented like like putting a portage on every three holes on the golf course after you. I know. I should just get a golf cart that has a bathroom in it. I just like, I'd have to have you take your own cart under those circumstances. Well, like, I'd be like, I don't know if one. I can sit. It'd be weird. Come, it'd be a weird vibe between you and I if you're sitting there, you know, dropping a deuce while we're trying to, <laughs> you know, get between a hole. It'd be are strictly we, number ones. I'm, I'm just dropping going the twos around the golf course. Just strictly <laughs> number ones. But uh, I might I might have to invest in it because yeah, you're right. I uh, but you know the water's good for the course, so it really uh, is. No, completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> Did, so uh, this was the first trip for the kids too, I would assume, right? That they haven't yeah. really taken a lot of trips. Well, so they've taken trips via airplane, but they um, we've driven twice to Houston. So that was kind of our little test run. That's about 18 hours. But we did that in one shot, drove through the night. Whereas this, we decided to make it more of a trip, which I tell you what, even a 10 hour, 10 hour jaunt in the car is plenty. It's a lot. Yeah, we, we did 10 hours straight back from Branson a couple of years ago. And yeah, it was about every three hours you stop, you gas up, you get something to drink, you go three hours, you stop. 10 hours, I was like, yeah, this is probably the max I could do 
in one day of windshield time. So you almost have to break it up into 10 hour, you know, eight to 10 hour jaunts. Uh, I wish my wife would drive the freeways a little more often because I think she'd be looking at me going, hey, cowboy, you're going to have to take this the whole way. I don't know if I could do it. That would be a tough one for me. I did. uh, Since we stayed in Iowa the first night, I was able to do a little bit of sports betting on my phone. So that was fun. Um, I learned when I was in Nashville recently that you got to be there, obviously, to place the bet. You have to be in the state that allows it. And you also have to be in the state that allows it to withdraw your money. So you can't do it as you're driving through. Right, because you have to see the completion of the game. So I I made about eight ten dollar bets, Ooh. and one of I, I lost every single ten dollar bet except my one parlay. All you made NHL. it all back. Yep, it was four money line NHL games, and I hit all four of them. So yeah. we are going to become such degenerates here in the state of Minnesota when they get this passed. Maybe they're looking out for us. Maybe the folks down at the Capitol are. Are, are looking out for you and me, Ty, because they're thinking, you know, if we allow this to just happen on a nightly basis, Tim and Ty are going to be a total, it's going to be a total shit show. I mean, our podcast will basically just be you and me making bets. We'll have to start making money off this podcast because, yeah, we're going to need it. But it'll make for great content. <laughs> it's what I say. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll be fantastic. I can't wait. Oh, Ty, I got to tell you this too. Oh, my God. Oh, can I can I just say this? Yes. Um, so I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm going to openly admit it. I'm the most, I, I don't, I don't want to say I'm gullible, but man, if you throw something nice and shiny in front of me and you give me 10,000 different reviews that tell me how good it is, I'll probably buy it. Look, man, tell, get enough people that I respect. And, 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 and people say, well, pitch men don't matter to me. Pitch men matter to me. If you get the right guy advertising your product, there's a really good chance I'll buy it. Like there just is. I'm a big believer in these things. And because of that tie, even though I didn't need it, I bought myself a second set of irons. Was it a golf channel? uh, No, it was not, not one of those golf channels. It's an online special, a direct to consumer special. Now they've got like 10 YouTube influencers that golf representing this product. And I watched like 25 reviews on the product. And I said, you know what? I'm in. That's it. Book it. I'm buying it. I'm sold. Send them in. And uh, I'm, I might have them within a week, Tyus. And uh, I'm pretty pumped up about it. Now, I don't even know if they're even going to get on the golf course this year. I'm not even going to say that because I'm very happy with my gamers. I really like what I've got in the bag right now. Really like it. And I'm not sure these are even better than what's in the bag. But I had to get them anyway. And now so, all I can do is think about seeing these. What is the grand reveal? What is it? I went to a little company called Tacomo Golf. Oh, no. Tacomo Golf. And uh, if you look at the 201s from Tacomo Golf, they are beautiful. Certainly. And I'm not getting paid by them yet. I'm going to reach out to them and say, please let me just let me, you know, pay me to talk about you on the golf course on my uh, podcast. Just, please let or me. Or just comp the clubs, man. Or comp we'll the clubs to me. For years because I'm going to tell you this. I'll plug the shit out of these clubs. I, I mean, just the looks, just the looks of them, Ty, they're beautiful. They do look nice. I'm looking they're right at them. Finish forged steel on KBS Tour Light Stiff Shafts. Under $600. Oh, okay. There it was. I was going to see. Yeah. And they have a muscle back for you. And they have a muscle back for you. Yeah. 
like a 301 MB. I think that's a Tyus uh, club right there. So who was repping them that you felt you had to get it? Cause there was, well, there was a guy on Good Good, but beyond that, there was um, – I, I watched this guy on YouTube a lot called Golf Sidekick. He's just a goofball. He is an absolute goofball. Uh, and his videos – but his videos are highly entertaining. I don't know why I enjoy watching them as much as I do. He plays most of his golf in Thailand. Like, I think he lives there and he plays most of his golf there. He's from South Africa. And his videos are, I mean, they they entertain me. And he plays golf all over the world. And, you know, he videotapes all his rounds and he's got Shot Tracer. And he's not a, he's not a you know, he's not a scratch, but he's a really good player. He shoots 74, 75, 76. But he goes through the ups and downs of golf just like everybody else. And um, I'll tell you this, that guy hits the shit out of the ball. Like every ball he hits is just like super flush and super far. And I'm just like, if he, and they signed him and they signed a couple other people, like James Robinson reviewed them and loved them. And I'm like, I kind of like these guys and these guys are going to rep their shit. I'm going to have to start thinking about this as a legitimate option. I will say you're a sucker, but if these do end up being $1,200, $1,300 clubs, this is, how, you know, this is how you can get a deal. Then who's you the sucker? get out ahead of everybody. Yeah, then who's the sucker? You need to get you a hat like the golf sidekick. I just looked him up. Yeah, he wears the Very bucket. trendy. Yeah. And he has his own clothing line where you can match the bucket to the shirt, which is what most of his stuff is. He matches his bucket to his shirt. I can't see you doing that. I, my wife wouldn't let me do that. Now, my wife has told me that one thing she has enjoyed is that I, um, I have changed up the polos. You saw that last year, wearing a lot more funky polos on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Trying to mix it up, be a little more colorful. She likes that. She wants more of that, but no bucket. No bucket. So we've been we've been at odds over the bucket. And uh, I don't know. Maybe you want to email us. Let us know. Get, drop me a line on uh, Instagram too, Mr. Tim Anderson, where we see a link of this podcast. I, I, you got to help me out with the. I mean, you got to give me a reasonable argument that I can present. To the wife as to why I I get to wear fancy buckets. Got to figure it out. Last season, I ordered a USA Titleist, like a white Titleist bucket hat. Now, a little bit bigger brim than that. Um, and I lasted about one hole. Didn't <laughs> like it. Too bulky. I wish I could find. The- so you didn't have a bucket, though. You had like one of them giant Australian Outback hats that caddies wear. And I don't want you wearing one of those. What are you, Kirk Triplett? Well, and that's really what I was looking for was more like the Joel Damon hat. Yeah, that's all you want. Peter Malati. Yeah, but all you can find is these Aussie hats. He definitely wears a smaller hat, the one that has like cancer struck through it. Yep, correct. I, and you can I get need. those. Adidas makes those. I have. That's where I was able to find one that I liked. Adidas made a bucket that I thought was good, and so I ended up buying that. And I have one bucket hat, but that's the thing. It's not even funky. It's like black. It's just an all oh, black yeah. bucket. I do see but it. It's nice, yeah. But it's nice. But it is a little nice. bit more hip hop than it is golf. Yeah. Do you feel? What you think I'm going to start like singing? Mama said, "Knock you out." Like I look a little like 19, <laughs> 1980s LL Cool J. It looks like that could happen at any time. Oh man. I'll start singing Around the Way Girl, one of my favorite LL Cool J jams of all time. There you go. There you go. Uh, Can I ask you about – I got to tell you, Ty. I'm in a mood. Uh, It's the end of the trimester. I've been grading papers all day. Um, The – I just am start. the more we do this pod and the more I live, 
see, you're not as old as me yet. So you're not quite feeling the way I feel about stuff. I feel like the world is slow, not slowly, maybe quickly starting to pass me by a little bit. Like I'm starting to feel old. Like I can only imagine that this is what my grandfather felt in in 2001 or something when he was 70 some years old and looking back and saying like, oh man, this is, this is a, yeah, this is a young man's game now. I feel that way. The kids have moved. Have you heard of this chat GPT? Say it again. Chat GPT. You familiar? Chat GPT. Ty's looking at me like I got three heads. So here's what it is. The kids and people in general, not just kids, but the kids basically punch in to this website. Like, hey, write me a five page essay on blah, 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 blah. You name the topic. And basically that website will crap out a a five page essay for them inside of 10 minutes or less. Does it cost anything? No, it's free. So some totally genius, free software, some AI some, software creates it. So some genius took his billion dollar idea and decided, you know what? I don't think I want to make any money. I, guess yeah. I just want to. I just want to make an English get everybody life through school miserable. Yeah. yeah, that's ter- yeah, that's terrible. That's just terrible. And here's the thing: uh, we knew it was coming. We anticipated it would be a problem, and we've tried to take steps to stay out in front of it. Um, I guess I wasn't ready for it to be quite what it is. I've busted five of them in the last 24 hours in my class alone. And how do you bust five? Them? Well, we use the website to, the, to our advantage. Yeah, I've also found that the same website that spits out that paper also claims that they spit out that paper. So all oh. you got to do is throw that text right back into the chat with them and say, did you write this or generate this? And they will say, yes, we did. On this date. And it's like the kid. And are we and, going full plagiarism charges on these guys? Full plagiarism charges, zero yep. penalties. A lot of seniors who are not going to pass English class and probably not graduate on time. Yeah. Hate to see it, it but it's, you, you have to do it. God damn it. You hate to see it. And it pisses me off. It makes me so angry because first of all, all we talk about All the seniors talk about, all these kids talk about, if you go on TikTok, you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you go anywhere, you go wherever these kids are, and all these kids will say to you is, I just want to get out of here. I just want to leave school. It has nothing for me. I want to go and be an adult and work where I want to work and go where I want to go and do what I want to do and stay out of my way, old man. And all you got to do is jump through the 10 hoops I've got. I don't got a lot of hoops. Just jump through the ones I got for you. Take a couple of the lessons I teach. I recognize you're not going to give a shit about half of this. But I'm hopeful that the experience, the shared experience of being in the classroom and communicating with your peers and having to produce something. The idea that you could put your name on something and say that you did it. You think that would be enough to win the day. And it's just not. That the kids would rather just not do it and say they did than do it at all. And it 
absolutely it's it's so heartbreaking for me because you sit there and you spend hours planning lessons, you spend hours grading papers and putting things together and working a class and trying to get it to be the best experience you can make it. And you just feel like that's how they feel about you and that's how they feel about your class and that's how they feel about the work you've put in. They feel like, you know what? Your time isn't worth anything. And I know that people say, don't take that personal. All kids cheat. I get it. And first of all, not all kids cheat. I would catch one plagiarizer a year back in the day. Yeah, I'd catch one. Five, six years ago, you'd catch one, catch two. And normally those were like really desperate kids, athletes who were like, God, I've been just playing basketball and I've been playing hockey and I'm under the gun and I just thought I could get it through. And they're usually really heartbroken and they repent and they apologize and then they turn it in very quickly. This generation was like, so? Can't believe you caught me. That sucks. So what? Now I got to redo it? How's that even fair? I'm so despondent. Oh, my anxiety is going to go through the roof now. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't know, man. Uh, Maybe I'm too old now, officially. Like maybe I just can't wrap my head around it like I used to. That's my life, Tyus. Your thoughts? Have you had a chance to sit down with your class and let them know that you're aware of it? And Yeah, we talked about it yesterday as a class. And- I was like, guys, I'm catching you. I'm catching you. And it still didn't matter. They were like, eh, you, maybe you catch them, but are you going to catch me? Right. And what's the process? Is it your plagiarizing process or the schools or the districts? What's the... Well, we have a district plagiarizing policy. Uh, but this this software is plagiarism, yes, but it's also new. It's really new software and it's new. It's a new animal that's been put in front of us. And what it does is it makes teachers have to work, you know, a paper. Okay. It takes you say 10 minutes to grade a paper. Let's just say that, or let's just say 10, maybe some papers are five, some papers are 15. Let's just say 10. Each one of these adds 25 minutes to the job. Cause now you, you grade it. But then you, you get your questions on it. You're like, oh, this doesn't look right. I better run this through the websites and find out. So you got to run it through the website. You got to wait for the website to generate a quick response. All right. Yep, it's cheating. Now I got to go write an office referral. Now I got to go send an email home. Now I got to go do this. I got to go print the original. Now, I mean, now it's literally, and today that was it. I probably lost two hours today. Just writing referrals, printing things, writing uh, emails off, regrading, sending things through the website. And it's just like, is, is this the idea that we're just going to like, we'll just, well, you know, hopefully the teachers will just get tired of it after a while. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. That's frustrating. That's really, really frustrating. I just want the technology to actually work for us at some point. Can some of the technology actually go towards producing something? Is that impossible to ask? Just like the technology, let it work for a teacher instead of against it. What do you think? I think that you should come up with a software to help you grade papers in about 10 seconds. F, F. I could come up with that. Maybe you should just do a random or random uh, generator on Excel 
spreadsheet. You might be onto something. Maybe we'll have to look into that. I don't know. I just wanted to get that. I had to get that off my chest, Ty. I'm sorry that we went away from golf so quickly against my golf clubs that I ordered that I'm still waiting on. But man, that was was rubbing me the wrong way. We should do an unboxing. Oh, we'll do that. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'll save it for the next pod. We don't even have to save it. We'll just, when they come, jump on. Emergency pod. (laughs) That's it. An unboxing would be cool. We'll call it. Especially for something so new. An unboxing pod puree. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Boy, I will have to email Tacoma if I do that and say, hey, I'm doing an unboxing on my pod. Throw me some money. Yeah. You know, or at least give me some give me some give me some clicks. Give me some clicks. Help the ratings. Help the numbers. Right. Right. We'll boost that one. Yeah. I've also decided this, Ryan. Or not Ryan. I'm sorry, Ty. You and Ryan are a little bit different. Politically. I've been called worse things. Yeah. Ryan's a good dude. You guys. Are, dude. I think you guys get along. I just don't think you guys agree on much. He's a great dude. I never said he wasn't a great dude. He's a great dude. No, and he likes you're a great dude. But do you agree on a lot? Not politically. <laughs> Other stuff, yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. We're both blind following Vikings fans. And wild fans. And wild fans, which I didn't even know until uh, until the rules pod, which I loved the rules pod. That was great, by the way. Yeah, you I did love- say that it fell off the rails because I'm assuming you didn't like the hockey rules. So I'll give you the floor for, before we move on to my next thing. Go ahead. Well, it just it got a little squirrely towards the end with with some of the stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, talking about people wearing pants on top of their head and, and things of that nature. But <laughs> you'll <laughs> but I OK, going into the podcast, I don't know if I didn't read the full description. I didn't necessarily know exactly what the theme was and i i figured out it's like hey we know this stuff is probably never going to happen yep but throw anything out there let's just talk about it right even if it's let's just talk about it and i yeah, thought that good, was great bad indifferent whatever yeah. you got yeah it, and sometimes you do have to stop and think like you know when you're having a, a logical adult conversation you have to think like there's this rule I might, you know, there's this thing I, I want to say, but it's not really practical. They're never, or, or it just gets shut down. Like, well, that's never going to work because there's holes in every conversation, right? There's a counter argument to everything to every, and specifically to what you guys were talking about. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a great podcast. You know, I, I like all of your podcasts. Um, you know, I even listen to the wrestling ones, which is difficult for me, but I listen because I'm <laughs> a follower till, and I like, like wait till wait till we start to watch more of those. You, you, Rickard and I are going to try to watch WrestleMania six, I think, or something or three. We think we want to do like a big WrestleMania blowout, like 10 pod series. You should. Uh, we, we're trying to figure that out. You'll, you'll you might become a fan at that point. You always have that one listen coming from him. Like you do. Yeah, I but okay. Agree. Remind me what the rules. So okay, so I, mean, I think this I came remember on the XFL. This started with the XFL pod, be, or because of that, because the XFL is out now and the ratings aren't great. But we actually have found that we really like some of the rules of the XFL and think that they'd be good NFL rules, and they'd seem so far fetched on the surface. But when you watch them play out in real time, you're kind of like, yeah, these kind of make sense. I kind of like them. And that was sort of the exercise, the precursor to that. Plus, all the baseball rule changes as well. So I, I remember, was it Ryan who said that in overtime or the last few minutes we should get rid of icing and offsides? Yes, I believe he was an anti-icing and offsides guy. So that's the perfect thing to that's never going to happen, but it's an intriguing thing to think about. Because at first I sort of laughed it off and then I thought, you know, you know. <laughs> Just Why not, win. right? It would be the fastest skating you've ever seen because everybody would be hustling to every puck. There'd be no icing. And how do you get a line change? There's probably a lot going on there. 
Well, and I think hockey's in a pretty good spot. I think that that the you know the the revenues and the TV deals and the numbers are good enough. It's certainly sustain. You know, it's 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 certainly not trending in the wrong direction. Hockey's never going to be the NFL. It's just never going to be right. You're never going to get someone in Decatur, Alabama, to care about care about an NHL hockey game. Doesn't matter if it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. It's just not going to happen. Um. But I will say I can sense that Zach is not a big fan. I think you're kind of hot and cold on some of them, you know, every other kind of thing for baseball. I sense that Zach doesn't like a lot of the new rules, specifically the pitch clock rule. And my, my simple comeback to that would be the MLB had to do something drastic. And it wasn't just – sort of getting rid of the shift because they did not fully get rid of the shift, right? You can still shift a good amount away from your natural position. And all I had to hear, I was skeptical about it because I think a lot of the players came out early and said, this isn't going to actually save a whole lot of time because we actually pitch faster than you think we pitch. Well, we're finding out that that's bullshit because the games are ending on a half an hour earlier. Yep. That's a big deal. That's a drastic change. And is you it going to be spring training as pitching changes and lineup changes? Yeah. I mean, those games can be a long time. And the fact that they're running two and a half, that's legit. Yeah, it's uh, it's exactly what the MLB needed to try. Uh, again, there's no guarantee that it's going to do anything, but the MLB had to do something. I'm not I'm not real akin to the numbers. I know, you know, the general school of thinking there is that the MLB is trending in the wrong direction. Um, again, I don't know what the numbers are saying. I certainly know that they're losing to football uh, and basketball in most cases. See, I don't know if they are losing to ba- basketball's ratings have been terrible this year. The load management stuff has been terrible for them. Well, like, I don't think they're are, getting the revenue is good. I mean, they're getting yeah. great revenue, but again, that's 12 players on a roster. That's not, I mean, that's less, that's less you have to pay players. I mean, pay, they're getting paid through the roof. I mean, don't get me wrong, but, it's a lot. It's not the same as baseball when you got to pay minor leagues and you're subsidizing and you're paying 25 guys. I mean, it's just not the same animal. It's just not. But I would right. argue, and this brings that, I think baseball, I agree, they had to do it. And as long as I, I think a game doesn't end on one of those calls, I think I'm really good with it. Like if innings one through eight, you want to adhere to this, I'm good with it. You know, I really am. I don't know if I want it in the ninth inning when it's high leverage and the game's on the line. But for eight innings, if you can get my eight innings to go really fast, I'm in. You know, I'm really in. Um, I think we need to we we got to get these games back to 230, 240. And my guess is, just like what happened in the minor leagues when they tested this, we're going to have some weird growing pains, and then after that, everybody's going to figure it out, and then we're going to be fine. And then you're not the pitchers aren't even going to know. They're not even going to know. They're just going to keep on pitching, and it's going to work out great. I don't know if it'll ever happen. It's going to piss off a lot of people. If the pitch clock pissed off a lot of people, and I'm going to throw out the obvious one, surprised it didn't come up. The MLB, speaking of drastic, has to go to less games. They have to. Again, I don't know that they ever will. Again, I know it's going to piss off a lot of people, and it's going to completely destroy the record books. But the... Fans that they are trying to get to come to their games do not care about Cy Young and his records. I am sorry to break it to you. 
And Cy Young played when they played 140 games or 150 games. They didn't play 160 when Cy Young played. I mean, that's fairly new. Like, they could cut that back to 154 or 148. I mean, I'm not saying you go down to 100. 100 is not. To me. I'm saying you go down to 100. Nah, would, I'm not right. I'm not there. drastically change the game. Baseball, a baseball game in itself is something very beautiful. It's something that the world – or sorry, the country – loves my grand my grandma both of my grandmas watched every twins game my mom watched every twins game if you ask my mom how many twins games are in a year she couldn't have told you if it was 25 or 162 the amount of games does not matter to the average fan the person that they need to tune in and it's too many it, I it like makes the game these games every night. not matter. It, yeah, I'm, okay, okay. We I'll like the that. slow burn of them on but every night. The though. season, right? Does it have to be March or April until October? I don't think it has to be. Even probably, you know, drizzling into November. I just don't think it has to be. Yeah, I think the game. If the games mattered more, you know, it's just too often that you're. Your starting pitcher has a bad outing, throws, you know, gets yanked after two and a half, and you're like, I'm not going to throw out my my good bullpen guys. We'll punt on today because we have 161 more of these. Yeah, but that's part of it, right? That is that's part of it. And there were things I do. I could shrink the season, play less games. I wouldn't mind going to 148. You know, I really wouldn't mind that, and and maybe have them play one doubleheader a month, you know, or something like that. I think there's a way to do that, and I, I'm, I'm fascinated at, at, at those conversations, and I think those conversations could be had. Same thing with the NBA, same thing with the NHL, same thing with all those sports. I, I think we can play 70 basketball games, easy, no problem. I think we can play 70 hockey games, easy, no problem. I understand that's a loss of revenue. I understand that, uh, but but I, I think the product would be 100% better if we did that. Um, I, I, I think the NFL, I didn't like the 17th game, still don't like it. They're going to go to 18 eventually. Don't like that. Like, I, I think 16 is just fine. 16 is just fine. In fact, I and I could have lived with 14, but I, but, I, but I definitely liked 16, didn't need 17. Still don't need it. I'm good without it. So I don't know what the balance is on that. I understand it's all about money to a certain extent, but I just want a good product. Just want it, whatever that product is, that's what I want. Um, just give me a tight two-hour, 35-minute, 240 baseball game, and I'll be thrilled. I'll be thrilled. Now, the question is going to be, where do we watch it? I got to ask you this because you're kind of a business guy. The Bally situation looks bad. Diamond Sports Group, they're filing for bankruptcy. There's a chance that these games and these sports channels don't exist at all. Not that we've been able to really watch the Twins much because the Bally's channel hasn't been anywhere. Um, but they just came out with this app. People were paying $19.99 a month, which is absolutely ludicrous um, to, to get these games. But what what happens to sports like hockey? Baseball's already said, hey, we're ready to step in. We'll get a streaming plan together and people can watch these games. My thought is, well, where the hell were you three years ago when Bally's basically held everybody hostage? Uh, do some, where, where were you then on that one? But now they said they're ready to go ahead and stream it. They want to get rid of the regional blackouts, which once again, where the hell you been? Uh, but I worry about a, a sport like hockey that sort of needed the revenue from these regional sports networks. What do they do? Your thoughts on the whole regional network thing, uh, the news that's come up, and what do you think happens? What's kind of the way this is going to look in like six months? I don't know. And that's because it's super important, right? Someone who knows just a little bit about this would know that 
this stuff is kind of everything. And at least locally, I don't know. I, I would assume they they are right. I'd assume other markets are going through similar challenges. Um, but a big part about Twins baseball dying in this area and about there being zero buzz about it has been people just can't find the games. Unless you're at a restaurant, nobody's at a restaurant for four hours. Unless you're at the game, and there's parts of the year where nobody's at the game. You know, if the team's not in a pennant race or it's early. You know, I like those early season games where it's like 31 degrees and you can get in for like 16 cents. Those are, those are the best. <laughs> but I honestly don't know. It, it, it was much more obvious for the NFL because the NFL was just going to go to the highest bidder and everyone was going to watch, right? Thursday night games were on Amazon Prime. I can't tell you how many phone calls I got from family members. I can't find the game week after week after week. Yes, you got to go to Amazon. Oh, that's right, right? You find it. When it comes to the Twins game every single night, you flip on the TV and you say, where's the Twins? Oh, oh, I'll just oh I got to have I gotta have Xfinity or I got to have DirecTV. Those are the only two ways I watch the game. Yeah. That's not you flip work. across Jeopardy and you just you just stay there, fall asleep, take a nap. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how important it is you know, to these leagues. I would assume it's very important. Um, but I just hope that we can stop being greedy and put it on a channel that everybody has, just like it used to be. Everybody had Fox. You had to have cable, but everybody who had cable had Fox Sports, Fox Sports North, and they had the games. And that's where we need to go. I completely agree. They, they got to come up with a system here. And it's just kind of like, you know, the NFL got smart here because not everybody had DirecTV anymore. And the NFL said, you know what? We can't have this. The Sunday ticket has to be available for everybody. So now next year through YouTube, now granted, you might pay a million dollars for it, but you can pay the money through YouTube or YouTube TV, but I'm told you don't even need YouTube TV. You can do it just through YouTube and yep. you can watch all the NFL games next year. Everybody can do it. And I'm like, that needs to be done. That needs to be done by the MLB. Uh, they need to make a deal with whoever they need to make a deal with. And that has, they have, we have got to go down that road where the games are viewable. Got to do it. Just yep. got to figure it out. The games across all these sports have to be able to be watched, period. I'm okay if we stick with the the Bally Sports North deal for like 11 and a half more months because I just dropped 205 bucks to pay for a year of it. So, Oh, for the stream? Yeah. Well, you'll be refunded, obviously. You think so? If they go bankrupt? Well, they already filed for it, didn't they? You bought it for the whole year? Can't you just do it monthly? I got a deal if I bought it for the whole year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, hopefully my hope is this. My hope is somebody buys the, the buys Diamond Sports Group or buys these rights and just says, you know what? We're going to take over the whole operation. We'll rebrand it. We'll rename it and we'll own it. But instead, we'll make a deal like we're going to be more willing to deal with Sling or you know, at YouTube TV or wh whatever it is. And we're going to make sure the product is on TV. Cause even if we're getting a little less than what we think the value is that we get no value when it's not on TV. And on we top of to everything, value. the Bally sports app is terrible. It is yeah, it's terrible. terrible. It works half of the time. Half of the it's, time. Yeah. And they, the problem too, is that we're always at Jesse's house playing cards. And I don't know if you listen, he listens to the pod sometimes, but we're always at his house. And if the game is on, on Bally sports, they don't have the commercials, 
So basically what you get is is six minutes of a dribbling basketball and sneakers yeah. shuffling. Yeah. And you kind of want to lay in traffic after a couple minutes of that. Like that's it's, it's just not great. It's, it's not good. It's just, not a good optic. It's, it's just like a, ho- a hockey stop, just like ice cutting. It's not good. <laughs> and like a like a howling sound like <laughs> Oh my God. I hope they get it handled because baseball's three weeks away. And I am kind of juiced up for it. I want to watch some spring stuff. I want to watch the outdoors. It's really important to me. Uh, ne- we need it. It's been, you know, one of the snowiest winters in the history of the state. Uh, and it's 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 been tough. And it's going to keep getting snowy. We're going to keep getting snow here this week. And it's it's miserable. It's making me miserable, Ty. So we need it now. It's not great. Yeah. Let me not ask bad. you this. Let me ask, have you watched the Full Swing uh, Netflix documentary? Yes, on golf. I watched it from start to finish, and I'm glad you asked because what do, I have what do you think? A controversial, controversial opinion. I the floor is yours, Tyus. I could not have hated it more. Hated it. Hated it. Explain. From start to finish. Explain. Again, not again. For the first time, <laughs> I've told many people this. That's what's the again. I am not their target market, right? Correct. We are not. We have a Netflix subscription. I had it before, had it after. I'm going to watch all the PGA Tour events. I watch all the YouTube videos. I already know everything about these guys. I I didn't think I knew everything. Sorry. I already knew everything that they divulged in the behind the scenes access about these guys. Um, I didn't learn anything. I didn't feel like it was actually behind the scenes access. The only time where I thought, hmm, that's pretty cool. And of course I was, it was spoiled on social media beforehand was Rory McIlroy telling Phil the fuck off. Um, that was the only time I truly felt like it was behind the scenes access. Um, it's cool to be on these guys, private jets, but that's not new. Um, they made too big of a deal of the real, real, real novice rules about golf because I don't think those people are watching. And if they are watching, they don't necessarily care what the cut is. They did um, explain and, the cut like four straight episodes. Yeah. And they also explained to us what par was, which I thought was a little bit – maybe they're trying – I don't know. Golf is a worldwide sport, so I don't even think they're trying to appeal to people worldwide. They made way too big of a deal about – the actual season itself and who was winning the tournaments because most golf fans and I tested the people at work because not everybody at my work is a huge golf fan. They're pretty average golf fans, probably below average. And I said, did you know before watching, did you remember who won the four majors? So when you were watching it and they were harping on every shot about who was going to win, did you already know who, who won? And they said, yep. Could have told you in a second. Again, I just did not feel like it was behind the scenes access. I felt like it was just a, I was just rewatching the majors. I could have just went on YouTube, rewatched the highlights of the round and I'd have felt the same way. They kind of made it to feel like in the first four episodes that Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma is like the center of the golfing universe. Like, yeah. Hey boy, who everything's in Tulsa, you know, like Tyler, <laughs> look at these guys playing. It's like, guys, they were in Ty- They were in Tulsa for like a week and a half. Like there was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'll say that. I didn't, I was, 
I was underwhelmed uh, for the most part. Uh, I look, I love Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas as much as the next guy. And I'll probably watch everything that they're in. I don't care what it is. You know, they could, you know, play for $10. They could play for a hundred. They could play for a million. They could play in some top golf somewhere. And I'd probably watch it. Uh, that's, that's not the issue. Um, and, and, you know, the Kepka episode was interesting, but not really. It's hard for me to feel sorry for a guy who lives in that, that house in Jupiter, Florida. It's like, oh yeah, he's really suffering. His wife's freaking hot. And, you know, he's got a dog that's cute and he's got, a you know, access to his own waterway and lives in this gigantic. Yeah, you're right. Life's pretty difficult for Brooks Kepka. Forgive me. I need to go get a hanky because he can't uh, string a couple of made cuts together or, Oh, Ian Poulter in his two houses and private jet that he's on is struggling to make cuts. Oh yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, hang on. The waterworks. How am I going to keep it together and have empathy for this guy? Um, none. I will say, I thought the Joel Damon episode was really, really good. Like I enjoyed that because I felt like that was what we wanted. Like that was the payoff. The payoff is, yeah, that's great. Rory, Justin, Tom, we know those guys. Tell me a story about Joel Damon and I'm in because that's what golf is all about is these guys grinding to make their cut. That's what the story should have been. Full swing should have been about, you could have either gone all in on the live stuff or you should have been talking about guys grinding to, to make it. Guys grinding to keep their cards. You know, guys trying to, you know, deal with the real expenses of missing a cut. I felt like we got that with Joel Damon. Like, that was good. I was in on that. I, I felt like we didn't need it for the rest of it. It was a little hard for me to, to get behind it after that. It, you're right. It wasn't made for me. But the problem was it was advertised like it was made for me. And it really wasn't. Right. I totally agree. Now, I will say that the people I talked to at work, again, the average below average golf fans, said that the Joel Damon episode was their favorite episode, which totally understand. Yes, that see, I have seen a little bit with Joel Damon. I watched a like a hour long foreplay podcast. Um, don't get any any ideas. It's the Barstool one. Yeah, yeah, you weren't podcast. watching. Yeah, yeah, you. Uh, I was gonna say you and your wife have slowed down here a little bit here in recent years. I mean, you got three kids, but you've slowed down a little bit. Sorry, we didn't get into all that. The all right, I watched the Barstool guys <laughs> golf pod or golf YouTube channel, and they did a <laughs> love that they did a four play. <laughs> what do they call it? Anyway, they played against Joel Damon. Yeah, so I got four, to see like a four on one, four, like a scramble yep, type thing. Yep. yep. And so I got to see a lot of, you know, his sarcasm and kind of his self-deprecating self. Um, so I wasn't as surprised by that. I thought the they could have done better with Sahat Tagala. Um, they pretty much just replayed his whole waste management deal, showed him watching golf on the couch for like 10 seconds, and then said, okay, well, now we're good with Sahat Tagala. The, the thing, the overarching thing I will say about this series is that instead of they, I felt like it was pitched like we're gonna follow Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, all of these guys from start to finish and the yeah. grind of an entire season. Instead, they said, We're gonna show you Justin Thomas win his tournament, we're gonna show you Jordan Spieth win the Travelers or whatever tournament he won, we're gonna yeah. show you Satagala fall just short at the waste management. 
We're going to tell you a cute story about Joel Damon, and then we're going to talk about Live Golf for the rest of the time. Oh, we're going to talk about Rory at the at the Open. You didn't get to see like the grind of an entire season and what goes into it. It was kind of just like, here's the part about this guy. Here's the part about this guy. Here's the part about this guy. And then you're done. We're done. I would have thought, you know, to me, it would have been more interesting if they would have just said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the four majors, but we're going to turn them into like individual episodes and have everybody just go through their preparation, uh, round one, round two, round three, round four. And we could really see the in-round reactions of like guys missing shots or missing cuts, uh, you know, trunk slamming, that kind of – I wanted to see more of that. Um, I, I, I just I, – I felt like, yeah, you're right. Because I knew all the golfers' stories, the stories became very predictable to me and was like, well, we already know how this ends. You know, I don't need – I don't need it. Like, I already got it. Like, I, I've seen it many times. I think like, I know I, the answer, but – the actual on golf stuff. Did you feel like you were inside the ropes or it was just a replay of what you saw on TV? There was some nice stuff in there. Like the occasional good moments, like where Thomas was talking about, how his swing was a mess. Like he was on the range with his dad talking about how he hated his golf swing and stuff like that, where I felt like I had a little sympathy for him. And I'm like, yeah, I've got, I've been on the range feeling that way for about, um, well, uh, 10 years. Uh, but, uh, so I get it. I get it. But, um, I enjoyed more of that, and I wanted more of that, especially with Spieth. You know, Spieth has been in the wilderness for how many years, and it's like I would have loved if, like, we would have had a real crash course in his process, like his whole range process, like how he just kind of goes through the ups and downs of a round. Man, that would have been really compelling to, to see, like, to have us follow him around for an entire round and hear him talking to Greller and all that stuff, like, I would have been way more in on that. Interesting to see that any, you know, these people have lives, but interesting to see what that when they flew to Southern Hills for that practice round, JT and Spieth, right? So that was cool. The first episode, that was cool to see that, um, you know, because you don't necessarily even knew that they made that trip. Yeah, interesting we want to see more that. of that. Bones is there. Spieth's got a stock caddy. Just an interesting Oh, are you? Ooh, are you suggesting something with Greller? No, no, no I'm just saying. Oh. Why Bones lives golf? Greller, Greller might have a life outside of golf. That could be a problem. And maybe. Well, Greller might need a minute from Spieth every now and again. Like Spieth is a lot. Four rounds with Jordan Spieth is probably like twelve rounds to other guys. But four rounds with Justin Thomas. You think that'd be better? I don't think uh, Thomas is demonstrative, but I don't think Thomas is just completely self-flagellating himself every six seconds. Like Spieth was a Spieth was a fucking roller coaster on Sunday at Bay Hill, yeah. like missing those putts and the way he reacts. He's so demonstrative and he's so just, he's living and dying with every shot and every hole. And you're just like, I mean, listen, I love it. I'm on the roller coaster. I don't want to get off. Every time Jordan Spieth's on TV, I want to watch period. Cause I can't get enough. But at the same time, if I'm Michael Greller, I could be, I, I don't know. I could, I could say to myself, you know what? I need five minutes. I might need a, <laughs> I need a couple days off before we go to the next event. This is still, I don't think this is off topic, but who's, uh, who's going to dominate this year? I think Scotty's still going to be in the mix. And Rom's been amazing. Rom didn't play well at Bay Hill last week, but Rom's been off the charts. Right? I think As we head into the, 
Is this yep. the unofficial start of the season now? If it, now that we're here at the yeah. players this week, is this no kind of it now for us? If it didn't start at waste management, it starts this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say for us, this is our unofficial start of the golf season. Like right now. Like I think right now is when you get care when when you start caring. Because now we've got five straight months of majors. We got yep. the players, masters, PGA, US Open, open. Next five months. I think it starts now. And Rom has been the best going. Rom, Rory, Scheffler, they have been the best three guys since January. Like Rom's been on a board, and Holmes played really good. Max Holmes has been fantastic. Like uh, he's been dueling it out with people and getting things done too. So this players with is wide open without Cam Smith, without the live guys. Uh, this is, and I, you know, and we'll talk live here in a second because I want to get your thoughts, but. I think this players is wide open. Like heading in, I like Rom, but I like a lot of guys. Like Morikawa, the only guy I don't really like is Spieth because I just don't think it's a great course for him. Yeah, we talked about this a year ago. I'll never forget. Yeah, he doesn't play well here. He doesn't play well here. This is not a Spieth course, but everybody else, you know, if Matsuyama can putt, he'll be there. Morikawa. This time of year, year last year, I was feeling we should – go back and play back parts of the podcast from 12 months ago and comment on it because that'd be interesting. I remember saying we, I at least was really high on Spieth and I was really low on Rory McIlroy. We were talking about Rory. Like, is he done? Like done, done. Like he'll still be around. He'll still play, but is he ever going to win or really be, you know, in the mix at big tournaments? And now I feel Fast forward 12 months, I feel really good about Roy McIlroy, not worried about him, and I'm a little worried about Jordan Spieth. Now, obviously, he played well at Bay Hill. That's not a bad thing. But I just haven't seen it in the majors lately. I haven't seen it in the big moments. Well, you feel like so. the putter is kind of – it's starting to hit. Instead of it – I mean, I mean, no one's going to be as hot as he was for like three years. You just can't keep that streak up. But now you feel like that putter's a little bulky. Like, it's a little – it's just not as it's not as reliable as it used to be, uh, but you know who knows if the score if the if if the conditions get up, I feel like the tougher it gets, the better he gets. So you kind of wonder if that happens, and he's around on the weekend. But yeah, Thomas, you know he came to life here a couple years ago after he was struggling and won here. Rory's won here. Rom's been in contention here. I think it's anybody's game. And I'm I'm super looking forward to this weekend's coverage because I love this course, I love this tournament. I I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm I'm really I'm really digging it. Didn't one of the young Asian tour guys win this last year? Cam Smith won it last year. Yeah, one of the young oh. Asian tour live tour guys won it last year. Yeah, he was uh <laughs> you know that's where he's got status. So go talk to him. Yeah, he's he's not going to play, which is really weird to have the defending champion. This is now when you're going to start to feel Cam Smith's not being there. Right, because this is really where he like got on a run. You know, he won here. He, you know, got got hot into the open. You know, ended up being one of the best players in the world by the end of it, and then he was in live by the fall. And it was like, man, I think he was on the rise to be the number one player in the world. No question about it. I think he made a really bad financial decision. I think that'll play out. 
it was a good short-term financial move yeah, for him. For sure. But I think long-term, because he's got all the majors. He can go play in all the majors. If the planet is going to blow up and golf is no longer a thing, he made a great decision. Otherwise, bad decision. Yeah, because I think he will, you know, I mean, he's good for the majors for the next five years. So he's got nothing to worry about there. He'll play the 14 live events as long as live survives and he'll make plenty of money. But here's the thing. And this is the thing that a lot of the live, the pro live guys can't really answer. Like what happens if the Saudis say, you know what? I'm done. We've spent, we haven't generated any revenue. We've spent over a couple billion dollars and I get it. We've got a lot of money, but we're not interested anymore. What can, what's Cam Smith's recourse to make sure he gets his guaranteed contract? What's he going to do? You got to sue MBS? Is he going to go tell the Saudi government, you owe me $100 million, give it or else? Yeah, let's see how that works. Like, I don't know what their recourse is if the Saudis decided tomorrow we're out. How do you get your money? I, I don't know the answer. And as far as future, you know, a lot of these guys will be taken back by... The PGA, I truly believe that. I think I if, agree with you too. If Liv I think the tour folds, will talk tough, but they'll yeah, take them back tomorrow. They'll take them back. But t- you think top tier sponsors are going to jump all over these guys? You think the average golf fan is going to cheer for these guys? Well, let me be clear. So. They're going to make an example out of Phil. Phil will never play on the PGA tour again. Yeah. Never. They will never let him back under any circumstances. They will say, you can fly a kite. We'll see you every year at the Masters, and that'll be it. You won't even play PGA Tour champions. So have a great time, and he'll fade like Greg Norman did and just kind of fade into obscurity. Maybe he gets a TV job somewhere, but I just don't see it. Yeah. Like I think he's done. But I think if Brooks Kepka, and that's the rumor, like Alan Shipnuck talked about this recently, or not even, yeah, it was, it was Alan Shipnuck in the Fire Pit, uh, Fire Pit um, Collective, said in his mailbag that he thinks he's got on good authority that like Kepka's got a little buyer's buyer's remorse and is like, you know, I'm not sure I'm feeling this this because now I'm playing more events than I thought I was going to play. Because when you think about it, the 14 live events are mandatory, and they made them go back to Saudi Arabia for the championship, which I don't think they wanted to do. I don't think a lot of those guys were like, I don't want to make two flights to Saudi Arabia this I year. would think international travel would be the last thing these guys would want to do, and, they, and they're taking on a lot of it. PGA Tour, you don't, you don't have to go – Outside of the states, if you don't want to, all of a sudden they're committing to playing five or six, seven times outside of the country on some shitty golf courses, on some golf courses that are not that interesting. Like you're going to you're going to Australia and you're not even playing like a good course. Like you're going, and that's just it. Like what are you going to do with that? Like okay, it's tape delayed. Nobody's going to watch. Like nobody's going to watch that. Um, it's it's just I I could see a guy like Kepka going. You know, when I played on the European tour before I got on the PGA tour, I did all this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I'm good. The PGA is paying a lot of money. I think I made a mistake. I don't want to play 20 times a year, which is right now what he would play. On the, on the, that's just it. All the live guys are like, oh, I play less. Really? Because you signed up to play 20 times. You're going to play the Saudi International. You're going to play probably play one other DP World Tour event or Asian Tour event that you can get into and you're going to play all four majors and you're going to play the 14 events. And you have and you have to do And you got to do all, all the, the press, you got to do the You got to the, wear their um, stuff. 
you have to do the the pro am. You, you got to do all their interviews. They they have to approve all your interviews. They own you. And I think Brooks is looking around and already all the sweet deals that Pat Perez was talking about. Oh, they take care of the caddies here. They do all that. Take care of your own caddy. Well, now the caddies got to pay their own ways again. Now there's allowances that have been given to the teams to take care of caddies and flights. Why? Because they got tired. The Saudi government already got sick and tired of watching guys gallivant around on first class private jets. They were like, we're not paying for that. Like they're not, they're not, what are you, what are you doing? Like that's way too much money. We're paying way too much for nothing here. Like they didn't get to be billionaires for nothing. Those people are not stupid. And they continue to look around and go like, we're not going to pay for caddies. We're not going to pay all this. Like figure it out. And I now all of a sudden they look like everybody else. Yeah. I loved on full swing. Burks kept talking about how he just wants to win. That's all he cares about. So he goes to play in golf tournaments and nobody cares about yeah, he couldn't make the cut. How'd that work that, out for you? See, that was the classic piece, right? While everybody else was playing the Waste Management Phoenix Open, a tournament he's won, he was missing the cut in Oman. And you're telling me that you're living a better life? That this is a better deal for you? That you're humping shitty golf courses in Oman on the Asian tour when you could have been playing in Phoenix? Or Riviera? You're telling me that what you're doing, like playing Mayakoba in Oman is is tantamount to Phoenix and Riviera? I mean, get out of here. What are you talking about? And I guarantee you he's looking at that. Kepka's not stupid either. He's going back and looking around going, I got to tell you, I think we might have screwed up here. You know, the money might have been six and one half dozen with the other, or it might have been good because it's guaranteed. But I don't know, man. Like, I'm going to fade into obscurity here in the next three yep. to five years if I stay on this tour. They're not going to know who I am anymore. Yep. That is that is a real problem for these guys that I don't think that they – I don't think they saw coming. And the fact that they drew, like, under 250,000 viewers on the CW in their first event, which I could have told you that six <laughs> months ago. I want to say you and me were pretty steadfast here on our last pod Paris, and we said, "Look, there nobody's going to watch that. They're not. They're going to draw dick for ratings," and they sure enough did. Yeah, drew nothing against the Honda Classic. They drew nothing. So, good game on that one. Mm-hmm. So you like Rory for the players? Yeah, I think I like Rom for the players. I think I like Rom this year to win the Players Championship. I think they'll. I think that that's my guy to go with here. You and I are going to do another big – our first big golf pod is going to be the Masters. I've decided yep. that we're going to do big-time, blow-out-the-budget, major podcasts. Yep. Can't uh, miss the Masters. Not going to miss the Masters. We Our Masters uh, preview and post game were probably the two most downloaded pods we did last year uh, on the Tim Anderson podcast. People wanted to hear a wall-to-wall breakdown of the Masters. We will be here again to do that uh, in just like three or four short weeks, Tyus. You and me are going to be back here. We're going to try to get on before then, but I mean, our full Masters preview will be in like three, four weeks when we break it all down and pick a winner. I'm sure the cat's going to play because he looked better at Riviera. So I have to assume he's going to play and he still looks like it. he can't walk, but yeah. you know, he's going to play. Yep. And I think we're going to see the cat at all four majors and maybe one other event. We already played Riv as I predicted. I think he'd play all four events in Riv. I wonder if he'll mix in one more. I don't know what. Maybe Jack's course. Maybe the, maybe he plays Memorial. 
Who could say? But I think he wants to play Hoylake this year because he won there. I think it's a big deal to him. I think he wants to go to that course. You know, he's he wants to play at LA Country Club because it's a lot like Riv. And I think he wants to do that one too. And so I, I think he's in. I think he wants to play. And I think we'll see the cat uh, at all four majors this year. Tyus, yeah. Tyus, we made it an hour here today. Well done by you. You seem exhausted, though. You seem exhausted. Pooped. Yeah, spent. Ugh. Yes, wait, when the clubs come, big unveiling. We'll be Let's right back here on the pod. We'll do it again. It'll be a fun good first. Good times. Ah, it was good to see you. I missed you, my friend. I'm glad you enjoyed your vacation. Thanks for having me. We'll get back on the golf course real soon. Thanks to everybody uh, for tuning in to the pod this evening. Uh, my thanks to Ty. I want to thank you for picking it up wherever you are picking up the pod, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean. You can go to timpodcast.podbean.com. You can go to facebook.com slash timpodcast. You can find me at Mr. Tim Anderson on Instagram and uh, Tim Anderson Pod on Twitter, although I don't check the Twitter as much as I used to because I think Twitter sucks. So I don't check it that much, but it's there. And uh, you can do all of those things to get in touch with us. You can also find me at timpodcast1 at yahoo.com if you want to send the pod an email. Uh, we'd be happy to answer it. And Ty has promised, he's made a staunch promise to answer any and all email questions that are sent his way on the podcast. Ty ducks nothing. He will answer any and all questions. It's the way I feel about it. I think Ty and I both agree on that, actually. So that's what we're going to do. Until next time, for Ty, this is Tim. Say, keep your head up, and we'll see you. 